Our opening story today was submitted by a listener. If you want to submit your story, listen for our contact info at the end of the podcast. Every day at five years old, Alyssa Slayton would accompany her mom to the bingo hall where she worked. There, she would get to play with her best friend. Their favorite game? Ring Around the Rosie. So they were playing this one day, and some other kids came and wanted to join in. So they all joined hands, started going around in the circle, singing the song, and Alyssa's mom came out to check on them. She found it odd. She'd never seen them play the game that way before. The two girls holding each other's hands, with their opposite hands outstretched into the air, with no other children to close the circle. This was not the first ghost sighting at this bingo hall, and it wouldn't be the last. I'm Albie Robles, and I want you to scare me. Hello everyone, I hope you've had a great week. We've got a bit of a contest coming up. I recently narrated a horror novel called Necromaton by author J. Andrew O'Donnell. It's just gone live on Audible, and I've got two free download codes to give away. To enter, simply leave a review on Apple Podcasts, and then get in touch with me through any of our social media pages to let me know your review is up. We are ScareMePod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can also email me at scareme at albirobelesvoice.com. It's that easy. Leave a review and get entered to win a free audiobook. Now, let's get back to getting scared. Our guest today is author J.D. Wielden, whose books include Incubus, The Bleak Woods, and The Sanguine Lamb. This is our first guest from across the pond. He was born in Nottinghamshire, England, and now lives in Petersboro. His books are available on paperback and Kindle on Amazon.com. My name's um, Joe Wielden. Um, I am a fledgling horror writer, um, so I appreciate all the feedback everybody gives me if they read my stuff. Day job's a veterinary nurse, which is a lot less exciting, but it's still a good thing to do. But yeah, I love horror, so that's what I write. I just always enjoyed writing. Um, ever since I was little at school, I always used to write. Um, and as I got older, I read a lot more. So um, I thought, you know what? Why, I like doing this. Why not put something out there, see if other people like it as well? So it's it's something I've done been doing the last couple of years. And you know, I've had a good feedback from a lot of people. So it's something I enjoy doing. But yeah, mainly horror. I enjoy horror. It's probably my most favorite genre ever since I was younger. I've always enjoyed horror. So I've been a fan of horror ever since I've I can remember, ever since I've started watching things, reading things. As a child, I used to read a lot of like children's fairy tales and things like that. But it was always the the creepier ones um that always attracted me. Like when there was like a sinister character in, in, in a child's story that always hooked me. I could never explain it. And then as I got older, I started um, watching films. Um, my parents didn't always let me watch certain films. I don't really know the criteria of what they judged to be um, able for, for a child to watch and whatnot. But um, there's always some things like Nightmare on Elm Street I wasn't allowed to watch. But obviously, as a child, you find ways of watching those films. So I've been hooked ever since. Definitely, I, I find supernatural horrors um, a lot more attractive than, than, you know, your standard like um, serial killer horrors, things like that. I, I don't tend to find, I guess, realistic things as, as scary as supernatural things. Um, 
in my teens, I started to read a lot of H.P. Lovecraft, um, who's been one of my favourite authors ever since then. So I'm really into cosmic horror, um, things like that as well. Um, but yeah, supernatural horror, that's the thing that scares me. I, I remain sceptical of certain supernatural things, but there's been things happen to me, as, you're, as you'll soon hear, that I can't explain. And that's the kind of thing that creeps me out. Anything I can't explain. I've tried to write um, stories sort of, as I've gotten older, I become I became more interested in like um, kind of like body horror, um, like psychological horrors and things like that. I've not re- actually written like a like a straight ghost story. Um, I've had a few ideas um, that I've written down for notes for for future stories, but I can't say that things that have happened to me in the past have influenced the stories that I've written so far. So the first book, well, the first horror book that I wrote, um, that is probably the favorite thing that I've written um, so far, is a book called Incubus. Um, and that's a story about a young girl um, who, um, when she was um, younger, she had a like a traumatic kind of dream um, where this this where she came into contact with a strange woman in her house. Um, and then as she as she sort of grew older, um, her and her mother had to flee um, from her father, who um, had kind of snapped a little bit and he attacked her mother. So her mother took the daughter to stay with her great aunt in a um an old house that she didn't even know about she didn't even know she had a great aunt and this old mansion is 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 quite dilapidated and there's really sort of a skeleton staff looking looking after it she gets a strange vibe from this staff here and as she sort of spends more time there she starts to have crazy nightmares similar to what she had when she was younger um, and she gets a feeling that these nightmares are, are sort of giving her signs that there may be something off about the house um that you learn as you as you read throughout the story um it's a, a quite a short novel, but um, I've had it described as classic horror house, but with top scares. Um, currently, I live in um, Peterborough, which is in Cambridgeshire, um, but I grew up in um, a town about 20 minutes north of Nottingham, um, which is quite an old coal mine um, town. And there's quite a few located in that area, quite an old sort of area of England, a lot of history there. Um, and there's, you know, there's quite a lot of local ghost stories. Um, so there's a lot of disused um, sort of mining. Um, we call them um, pits, mining pits um, around there. Um, in one particular area, um, there's a town called Tibshelf, which is is just sort of um, next to the town I grew up in. Um, and in that town, um, near the woods, near one of the tips, um, there's a, a well. Um, it's an old well, an old disused well, um, but they um, they call it um, the Devil's Hole, um, I believe, something similar to that. Um, and basically this story goes, um, if you ever go there um, by yourself, um, you throw a little penny into the well and make a wish, um, then the devil will appear um, and he can grant your wish. Um, whether or not it's the actual devil um, is, is, you know, quite, is up for debate. Um, but a lot of people um, have, have been around that area. You know, it's quite a, um, it's quite a, a a place where you get a lot of teenagers go there you know just to sort of as it's spooky and there's no lights around at night but um that's quite a well-known place for the strange things happening because it's out in the woods as well it's a quite a scary place but yeah that's a quite a, a well-known one around that area that's cool. <laughs> um yeah right there's also um in my hometown there's a, a an old sort of stately home um called Newstead Abbey um and there's is apparently very very haunted um there's which I think there's a, there's a ghost called there the lady in white which is a very common one there's there's ladies in white all around the country um but they have a lady in white um and, a, and she roams around the the halls of Newstead Abbey 
um and there's been you know there's loads of photos of that um i think they even sell the photos on postcards because she's like one of the most famous ghosts of that particular abbey um i guess they call it but it's funny because the lady in white that where wherever i read about ghost stories um there's always a lady in white every country i believe there's always a, a lady in white like I believe in Mexico, there's La Lorna, um, who's, who appears as a lady in white. Um, so it's, you know, uh, it's funny how these, this particular sort of ghost story is, is all around the world. Um, everybody has their own lady in white. And, and that's why it's like one of the most famous ghost stories of that area. So my little hometown, we have our own lady of white as well. So it's been a long time since I've sort of looked into it, but I believe that she was a bride, um, as again is often the case. Um, because Newstead Abbey, um, they, there was a, a lot of rich families um, lived there, but um, I believe they used to do weddings there as well. Um, and um, I think the story goes that she was, um, you know, let down on her wedding day. Um, and subsequently, um, she was so struck with grief that she ended up killing herself um, and then continues to haunt the Abbey to this day. I can understand skepticism. Um, I'm, I'm very much a person that thinks, you know, if I don't see it myself, if I can't explain it logically, then how can it be real? But I think until you experience something that, that you genuinely can't explain, and the more you think about it, you still can't come up with an answer, then there's only like a certain amount of possibilities of what it could be. So when I was maybe about three years old, um, my parents Move, we moved to um, a bungalow in quite a nice area of my hometown. It, my hometown is quite a small old coal mining town, um, really. And we, they, we moved into a bungalow um, that my dad, my dad's a really excellent um, sort of joiner carpenter. Um, and he had plans to sort of um, build a whole upstairs segment in this house. Um, so we moved in there and it previously belonged to um, an elderly couple. Um, and I never really thought about it much before when I was younger but the house is about 10 houses down from a cemetery um, in my hometown as well which um, now the more I think about it is the creepier it is really the the creepier the stories become um, so it, the elderly couple um, I don't I'm not sure if they you know passed away in that house um, or anything like that but um, yeah or throughout my childhood we've had strange occurrences in that house and it not only affected me but all of my family um, and it mainly sort of focuses on two rooms in the house the kitchen um, and one of the larger downstairs bedrooms which I assume would have been the elderly couple's sort of master bedroom really I mean there's a lot of instances but the the earliest one I can remember um, it was when so me and my sister we used to share um, a room when we were younger when my dad was doing all the building work upstairs um, so at that point there was there was no rooms upstairs. It was just loft space. Um, so we didn't have storage up there. There was just a, a small entrance um, through a hatch in the, in the ceiling in the hallway. And um, we used to hear footsteps um, up there all the time. Um, didn't really make much sense. Um, and my parents had people in there to look for, you know, mice um, and things like that. But it wasn't like the little scratchings that you'd, you'd expect from mice or, or small creatures like that. These were usually sort of heavy footsteps. And my parents would always just say, oh, you know, it's probably the pipes. It's an old house, which um, as a child, you don't really understand that, how, how pipes can make that kind of noise. So that, that freaked us out quite a bit. But um, one of, the, one of the, the scariest things that happened to us um, when I was younger, so me and my sister, we used to share a bunk bed. Um, and it switched. Sometimes one of us would be on the top. Sometimes we'd be on the bottom. But I remember I was in the top bunk. And um, we used to go to bed fairly early. Um, and we used to lie in bed and we used to talk to each other um, just as we were falling asleep, just about, you know, stupid kid stuff. I don't remember what we was talking about. 
And um, I had, at the time I was going to um, primary school and I had a big, um, I thought it'd be really cool to have like a big gym bag to take to school. Um, and I used to keep my PE kit in the bottom of this gym bag in like a plastic carrier bag. So we was chatting one night and then we heard a noise like a, a like a plastic bag. So it freaked us the both out. We didn't know what the noise was because our room was was pretty tidy at that point for kids our age. Um, so we screamed for my dad. My dad came in, he turned the light on and the, the plastic bag that normally keeps my um, PE kit had been pulled out of the gym bag. Um, we were both in bed at this point. We, we was talking to each other. We was looking at each other. There was no nobody else in the room, no animals in the room. And when the light came on, the, the bag, the plastic bag was like stiff out of the bag as if somebody had pulled it out and left it there. To this day, we, we do not know how that happened. And that was, that was probably the first creepy thing that I, that's really happened to us in that house. And that was in like the master bedroom, the big bedroom downstairs at the time. Another experience I had when I was um, younger, um, again, in my mom and dad's house, um, we used to have um, one computer in our house. This was back in the 90s. Um, so, and the computer was in my sister's bedroom, which was the big main bedroom again. Um, so one night I was at home alone. I was um, on the computer. Um, we used to, the, the main thing when I was younger was you get home from school and you go on MSN Messenger and chat with your friends. So I was on MSN. My sister, she'd gone out to, uh, she was at her boyfriend's house at the time, I believe. Um, and my parents used to work sort of fairly late. My mum used to go to work at four o'clock in the afternoon and get back at 10 o'clock. My dad, he wouldn't get home until sort of seven or eight in the evening. So I was home. The only person, the only other thing in the house was my cat, family cat. She was in the bedroom with me. And, you know, it wasn't a particularly scary evening. It was sort of, it was fairly bright still. Um, I was chatting to my friends, you know, nothing. Because people always say that that scary things happen when you expect them to happen. Um for example, when you're watching like a, a program like Most Haunted or, or Taps or something like that, they they go there, they've got all the lights off, night vision cameras. So any little any little thing they attribute to a ghost, which which could be a psychological thing. But at this point, I was completely relaxed, enjoying myself. And then all of a sudden, um, there's the bedroom door was shut and the bedroom door just rattled like there was a like somebody tried to kick the door and it was a massive bang. The cat freaked out. She didn't know what to do. She went and hid under the bed. I thought that perhaps somebody had come home. So I got up immediately, opened the door. There was no one there. I looked through the house. The front door was still locked. The windows was closed. So this door, it was like somebody kicked this door and I had no explanation for it. So I've I've always been skeptical of things like that, but there was no way I could explain that. And, And to this day, the only thing I could think of was it was like a supernatural event, like there's no other reason why that door would have acted the way it was. Like it, it was kicked, somebody kicked that door and that's, that's just how it is. So I think you can be skeptical. I think it's okay to be skeptical, but as soon as something like that happens to you, it can completely change the foundations of the way you think about those things. And supernatural occurrences happen to so many people all around the world and you can't explain it all away with logic. Sometimes the answer is it's a supernatural event. Do you want to try to scare me? If you've had or have heard about a paranormal experience you'd like to share, or if the area you live in has a particularly scary legend or lore, I want to hear it. Send an email to scareme at albirobelesvoice.com. Scare Me is produced by Albi Robles Voice and features original music by Adam Clifton. Additional sound beds are provided by Stephen D. Voiceovers. You can follow us on social media. We are Scare Me Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. 
For voiceover booking information or to inquire about having your own podcast produced, go to www.albiroblesvoice.com.